When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Reasonettes when I went to the movie, and um, they were like um, all really expensive, and so we did all of the math, and each one of the little pieces of chocolate cost ten cents a piece. Ugh. Tassie's a little upset about her her chocolates. Tassie's trying to save up for a bike. <laughs> Every penny counts. Every single penny counts. You can't spend 10 cents per piece of chocolate to save up for a bike. That's for sure. So we all know Tassie, you know, a part of my world. Right? She just left. She just left the room. I just have to tell you, though, I have had this chocolate and I I still have pieces. Like, I am rationing it out. Wow. Yeah. Because I'm like, it was a pretty expensive purchase. Wow. Yeah. That was several days ago. Yeah. And you still have chocolate (laughs) left. Nicely done. Thank you. Thank you. All right. You ready to shoe a dough? I'm ready to shoe a dough. We got a lot to talk about. We might as well get right into it. Yeah. Welcome to Sift Pop. This is a pop culture segment that is from the critic, the geek, and the girl, hosted by us. The critic is Aaron Dicer. That's me. Legit movie critic. So you say. The geek today, we are joined by the amazing Josh. Hello, darling. Was I? I ate a monkey. (laughs) (laughs) And the girl is myself. I I just went right over. Say it again. The girl is who? The girl is myself. (laughs) There you go. I don't think there's any confusion about who the girl is. I feel bad about talking over you. Ah, yeah. Oh, I it's see how all it goes. right. Today's going to be really exciting. We're reviewing uh, Ant Man, the new Marvel movie that just came out. Yeah. Uh, we went to go see it last night. Josh, when did you see it? Last night. Yeah. As well. So this is uh, Marvel's latest movie. Uh, another chance for them to kind of go into a world where a lot of people haven't gone. They did this with Guardians last year, right? Where it's part of their properties where not a lot of people have the knowledge and experience with it. And so it's kind of an introduction in many ways to people to this superhero who in this case 
we get the kind of double origin story. <laughs> we get an origin story of the actual Ant-Man and then yeah. another origin story of the new Ant-Man, kind of both at the same time. And it's kind of their way of making it younger and, you know, keeping that legacy that it has with it. Uh, and, of course, Paul Rudd stars as Ant-Man and he's got a lot of other famous faces around him. But what did you guys think? Josh, let's start with you. What was your overall feeling on this one? Non-spoiler. Uh, yeah, we're doing no, non-spoilers. No spoilers, we'll, we'll do spoilers no. afterwards. By the way, if you want to hear the spoilers, uh, you need to subscribe to the podcast. They will not be on the live show. They'll be in the Sift Pop podcast feed. Because that's just rude, okay? <laughs> that's just rude. So what do you think, Josh? Um, I liked it. I, I But I was, I was back and forth for the first half hour. I didn't know if I liked it or not for the first half hour. I would see something I loved and then see something that I was not happy with uh, back and forth. But uh, but then eventually it just got me. How much of that stuff do you think, as we talk about this, you'll be able to talk about in the non-spoiler section? Do you think we could maybe give some specifics as we, we kind of go through, zoom in a little I, bit? I think we can be non-specific with our specifics. Yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. So <laughs> You're mixed, asking a lot, Aaron. Mixed feelings from Josh. What about the girl? No, uh, no, no, but I liked it. Mixed feelings in the beginning, but it won uh, me up. Okay. It won you Got over. It. Nice. I freaking loved this movie. Yeah? I love this movie so much. Yeah. yeah. So, so like, exuberant, nothing to see here, bad, just had a great time. I have a really hard time ranking things, as mm-hmm. we know from previous podcasts. Sure. Not my forte. Right. But right now, it's sitting at number one. <laughs> wow. Oh, like, wow. number one movie of all time? No, I can't do that. Oh, okay, all right. Just, just the, for the summer? The, yeah, the ones I've seen recently. <laughs> <laughs> it's the number one movie I've seen in the last 24 hours. No, I would, <laughs> maybe maybe I could keep it in the Marvel universe. Like right now, it's my number one. You told me that earlier today, and that, that kind of blew my mind. It is your favorite Marvel movie. Yeah, it might be. Like, I mean, I, I think original... about Garden. I think about Gardens of the Galaxy because that's the other one I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. But I think I like this one I think I like this one more. I think you need to revisit the original Iron Man. Great yeah. movie. Well, let's just, I will be honest with you. Iron Man and hit, like my adoration of Iron Man mm-hmm. kind of being replaced by Ant-Man. Uh-oh. So, I don't know. I really loved it. What did you think? Uh, I had a great time. I don't I don't remember going back and forth with my mixed feelings like you did, uh, Josh, at the beginning. I remember early on feeling like, uh-oh, a couple places. Just like, you know, is this where we're going with this? But yeah. probably about 20, 30 minutes in, I just gave in and just loved it. I just had a great time with the I rest of it. I don't remember and... what was going on in the first half hour that wasn't – but we can get into that later. Well, let's start there. <laughs> let's go ahead okay. and start there. We kind of have our general feelings out there. Josh, go ahead sure. and be specifically nonspecific. What about that first <laughs> you know, few, well, few moments? Well, um, so the, the, the parts that I was loving and and not sure if I loved were kind of the same thing. I like. I, here's the deal: they they went into this movie, like you said, it's an origin story, so they were clearly trying to make it so that we're not bored with another origin story. So it felt so. The, the things I liked about it was they were they were making that effort, and I didn't feel like it was an origin story of Ant Man. I feel like were kind of with Paul Rudd's character of Ant-Man dropped into the story already in progress. So I did, it didn't feel like an origin so much. It felt like we were dropped into a story that was already happening, which I liked. Right. I too. But, it, but the beginning felt a lot like um, a montage sequence to me, the way that they were just jumping through information, trying to get through the story, almost like, well, we know we have to say this, 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 that, that, so we can get to the fun part. Yeah. And it wasn't bad, but it did. it felt really... Um, segmented like 
and here's this and this and this and this and now let's tell the story. That is exactly the experience I had, that segmented experience. And not only that, but there were a few moments where the tone almost felt segmented. Like there were a few moments where it wanted to be a little more serious than I thought it was going to be. And then it was yeah. over the top hilarious. I think it found its tone. And maybe I was finding its tone. You know, maybe it was well, me kind of relaxing into that environment and finding what kind of comedy it sure. wanted to be. I, I wondered if it was the, the, the fact that, you know, director got replaced you know, you know, after it was already moving, so to speak, I don't think they were, I don't know if they were shooting yet, but it was already in progress whenever uh, my boy had to leave the project. Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright, man. Yeah. I love that guy. And, and I think that's part of the reason I still love the movie is because his writing was still all over it, even if his directing wasn't. Sorry. So. No, I, I wanted to get into that. I'm not sure how, Danae, how familiar you are with that part of the story of this movie. It was originally set to be directed by Edgar Wright, who's done a, a lot of really fun, interesting genre type movies. He's got a really he's a, he's he's a great like comedy sci-fi. Yeah, like like he mixes those really well. I mean, he did the the Shot of the Dead, and of course um, the um, At World's End, which was one of his most recent. But he also did like Scott Pilgrim, and um, so do you think that's part of why um, you know something you're probably going to notice about our talking about Ant Man is uh i thought it was hilarious like this is probably the most i've laughed inside of a movie in a while mm. um do you think that's part of the director's influence or is that just the writing or both i don't know how that works well he also wrote it so oh. so yes it is it is his fingerprints on it however i loved the humor yeah. i loved it yeah i it I is so too. smart it is smart, smart humor. And I think this movie, more than any other Marvel movie, is an out-and-out -out comedy. Am I wrong about that? I mean, it just felt like they were really going for the belly laughs. Eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Like you I, said, that was that first act was was like, like what are we what are we doing here? Mm -hmm. But then it got there, yeah. But you're right. Maybe, you know, there's a part of this where anytime I go into a Marvel movie, I know that there's so much more of this universe that I don't understand. And I felt like at the beginning, you know, you're seeing some things. And again, we're not going to be doing any specific spoilers, but the very first kind of opening sequence, you know, you're you're like, oh, we're tying into things because, oh, yeah, we're a part of this universe. Oh, yeah, these are the people that are involved in the storyline. I wonder how all these familiar faces and names are going to play into you know, this movie, because I don't know any of Ant-Man's lore. I have no idea about like what is, is ahead. So I can see what you're saying about like the first part kind of feeling like it's a little disjointed from the rest. But in the in the the level of difficulty is is up there as well when you have so much information to download to an audience so quickly so you can get to the part of the movie that they came for, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. you yeah. there's this interesting thing where you understand as a storyteller, at least you should, that you do have you do have to have your audience invested in the characters and the story and those kind of things. But a lot of times your audience doesn't necessarily get that. They just want to, you know, come see a great movie. They don't yeah. realize necessarily the pieces that go into yeah. it. And so you've got this tricky thing where you've got to give them what they need so they can have what they want. You know? And yeah. I no, thought the movie did it all right. I thought it I thought it, you know, it handled that pretty well. You mentioned, Danae, the, you know, all the different references and different characters in the Marvel Universe. This is something that becomes more and more a topic the more Marvel movies I see, uh, the yeah. expanded universe and how it plays in. How did you feel that this movie did, again, specifically, non-specifically, uh, with tying in those characters? You know, you don't have to mention necessarily the certain ones, but just those moments, because there were a lot of them in this movie. I liked the tie-ins, personally. Um, I was in a really vocal theater, 
And so anytime, and you could tell they're hardcore Marvel fans, and that's always fun when you're watching a movie with people who are really passionate about what they're watching. Um, sure. So anytime that they would see something, uh, whether I knew it was tied into the universe or not, whether it was on the nose, you're seeing a character you know or not, there was a reaction in the audience, and that was really fun for me. So I thought they did a really good job because it wasn't too much. Like, yeah. they didn't they didn't need other characters that we've seen maybe in Avengers or any of these other Marvel worlds to carry this film. And that's maybe what we were wondering at the very beginning. Like, are these new people going to be able to carry this you know, story? Is it going to be able to match up against the other things we've seen? And I thought they did a great job with, you know, letting the new stories, the new characters really take central stage enough that it was, you know, their movie and not somebody else. What do you think, Josh? Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Any any of the like fun little cameos and stuff like that weren't really... Um, whatever part of the story they were carrying, you didn't need to know... Who, the backstory of why they were carrying that part of the story. Right. Meaning, meaning they fit in this movie fine. Everything was in the fit and fit in this movie, even if it was, you know, uh, a, a predecessor in a different movie. Uh, There's probably a better way to say that, but I agree. Yeah. And I think that's, that's one of the keys, right? Is that you can play to these winks and these nods as long as you're not relying on them for somebody to enjoy the film. You know? I didn't so, think yeah. that they relied on a lot that I've seen before in Marvel at right. all. I feel like this one really broke the mold, which is fun to see. I thought the pacing was different, and the way that they told the story was a little bit different. I don't know. I was really, really excited about this it also, film. It, it also made me think of Guardians of the Galaxy, which has the freedom not to be involved in the Marvel Universe really at all. And if you watch that movie, there aren't a lot of those tie-ins. Right, yeah. That's because good. he went off to space before all the big events happened in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. he's unaware of all that stuff. Now, and that's going to change, I think, down the road. But I find that interesting. Because this one is in the same kind of timeline, too. Right. Well, well, they reference, yeah, yes. they reference the events of the Avengers, yeah. like the last movie, yep. as recent events, which I, you know, which was lovely. It See, was that's another thing I like about the movie is that it's kind of like it's something that we're relating to because we're in this world too. It's something we're experiencing as well. So, the references that these people make throughout the film, even though most of it is about what's going on in their lives and you know what's happening in the story development, there's also some really clever and really valuable mentions to pop culture and things like that that people found really funny. Um, again, not going to give anything away because I definitely don't want anybody to go into this with an idea. And a, we have the freedom to, to talk about that stuff you know, in the, in the spoiler yeah. section. Yeah, so. we're going to get crunk with the spoilers. Oh, man. <laughs> I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Hey, if you're in the chat and uh, you have any questions or you have any questions about like maybe Ant-Man or you want us to answer something specific or if you have your own thoughts, maybe you've seen the movie, feel free to comment in there and we will see your chat. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, good to see Monstrix in the chat and uh, Austin's in there as well. So good to see you guys. I wanted to talk a little bit i did see this movie in 3d and um imax 3d i thought it was a great ride too yeah they did a good job i wonder how it's going to come across like you know in like a flat film <laughs> i'll call it flat uh but i really thought this movie was visually stunning i'm really curious what you guys thought about it because you're you know did you think any of the 3d was gimmicky 
For sure. Okay. It reminded me of the scene in Aladdin whenever they're they're on the carpet and they're like going, they're trying to get out of the Cave of Wonders, you know, <laughs> and clearly that one is made for that thrill ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. we do kind of have that. I mean, this movie, I was having so many nostalgic experiences. I was thinking about Aladdin's carpet ride and I was thinking about Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Of course. And <laughs> I loved those. Like, Hun- Honey, I Shrunk the Superhero. Oh, man. Honey, I Shrunk the Superhero. Uh, uh, um uh, a fantastic voyage. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I've got to tell you, it's really fun to see that shrinking element, like what would the world be like if you were tiny, brought into where we're at right now because CG is so fun. Okay, so you've talked about two different things that I want to get into. Okay, okay. So let's start, let's finish the, the thought on the, th- the 3D. I'm curious, Josh, did you see it in 3D? No, I opted out of all of that. I just wanted to see it as a flat movie. Um <laughs> Which is generally my generally my impulse. I'd rather see it that way. I mean, IMAX is one thing, but I but I went that way, and I I mean it. Lo- I thought it looked amazing. Okay, good. Um, I was actually gonna bring bring up if you guys saw it in three D because I I felt like I was in the world. I felt it was so specific, not just because it was small, but like literally see like the, the you know seeing what lint. How yeah. lint plays a part, you know, when you're tight, like just floating in the air, or you yeah. know, dander, you know. <laughs> I I thought it was really like uh, a lot of attention to it, and it looked amazing. I thought I I saw it in IMAX 3D, and I thought the 3D was incredible. I did not think it was gimmicky. I don't remember any real gimmicky 3D. I thought it was used very well. Maybe that's better. And it reminded me why I really think 3D is the future of movies if they can get the clarity of some of the higher resolutions because they lose the only thing I hate with 3D and the Ooh, reason I know the answer. Do you want to go ahead and, and restate my rant? I will I'll re- restate your rant. It's only because I work with you and I know what it is. Uh-huh. It's so dark. It is. You put those glasses <laughs> on and the screen gets so dark. Yeah, well that's yeah, that's part of the reason I opt out of it. I don't want to miss stuff. That's exactly right. And you know, watching uh Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit, I guess I should say in HDR 3D or HFR 3D high frame rate. Uh, the light comes through so much better when there are more frames per second. It reminded me, you know, the beauty that 3D really could be. And I would look at a movie like this and I'm like, oh, I wish it was, you know, high frame rate. You know, I wish it was, you know, could take advantage of that and you could see it even clearer. And um, I do think that is the future. Uh, but I think I would prefer just flat in general unless it's IMAX. Hmm. Uh, the the size of the screen yeah. kind of makes up for what you might lose in the lighting. And sure. those kind of things for that me. was the final of one part. Then I went into two little bunny trolls at the same time. So what was the other part? The second part that you brought up was the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids nostalgia and yeah. just the shrinking thing. I wanted to talk about this. When was the last time we got a great shrinking movie? Like, it seems like I just <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. This is such a I like that you throw Honey, I Shrunk the Kids in there as like a given as a great shrinking movie. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, <laughs> or, it was. It was amazing. Or Fantastic Voyage or whatever they you might say. They slept in a Lego. Yeah. I mean, that was awesome. Well, Inner Space. In, Inner Space was great Space was good. Could be, um, but I just think of, that is such a, I, for that reason, I think the movie felt extra fresh to me. Because the concept it was dealing with is one we haven't seen in a long time. And yeah. it seems simple, and it's something everybody thinks about, you know, changing, you know, sizes, larger, smaller, whatever. And by the way, the movie deals with both, and, you know, that's great. But um, but I just yeah, remember thinking all these effects not only look great, they feel really fresh and oh, really man. innovative. You know, that's yeah. that was so fun because you know you've got camera angles and you've got like um, you know there's like 
this whole other unexplored world when you're when you shrink things down and the way that the camera angles are a part of this story and the way that you are you're both in the world and you're also observing it so they do a really good job of zooming out while small so you can kind of see his proportions. Those are some of the best parts of the movie. Some of the funniest parts of the movie too are where you're in this, you know, small in this huge world and they zoom out and you realize how tiny everything yeah. really is. <laughs> yeah. Those are that's great. That's what I was going to that's what I was going to say. I feel like um um that was that was probably Edgar I feel like uh, the director really captured Edgar Wright's vision there. Like that is mm-hmm. Like that's classic Edgar Wright, you know, like the the epic struggle and then you pull out and it's like <laughs> whatever yeah yeah and that that i loved and there was such a creativity to this movie that i was not expecting i kind of went in expecting a you know all right we've got thor we've got iron man we've got hulk we've got all these guys and they go in and they save the day and then and then i'm like okay ant-man what is this going to be about Mm -hmm. so i think it was a very very pleasantly surprised that this movie for sure carries itself what was cool too? The director. I was just verifying some, uh, but uh, Peyton. Um, oh shoot, I, I want to say Peyton Reed. Now I don't remember. Yeah, it is Peyton Reed. Um, his resume is is straight comedies. Oh really? Like he does. Like he doesn't have a lot. Like there's not an action thing. He's got you know. Did um, you did you have laugh out loud moments when you were in the theater, Josh? Uh, yes. You did, Aaron. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure there were those moments during this movie. And I think a lot of that, again, has to do with Paul Rudd, who really has this genius sense of comic timing to him and sensibility. Yeah. And we can go more into that maybe with spoilers. So, we can mention specific times. Who, he, he even ended up on the on the screenplay, too. And I'm sure that that's what like his contribution was. You think a lot of know, that was improvised? Additional dialogue stuff. I don't know if it was improvised, but I bet it came from his brain. Well, yeah. I bet, the, I bet you watch the special features. There's going to be some awesome uh, lineramas on this movie, so, I, would, I would guess. What else has Paul Rudd done? Because I, I, I remember his face. Like I've, I've seen him before, but I've definitely never seen him in like a central role before. So, yeah. And that's partly because I don't watch a lot of movies until all of a sudden Sif Pop started to get popular. <laughs> so <laughs> this well, is he's, new. Well, he's... Uh, He's from the uh, the uh, Apatow gang. Judd Apatow did like Forty uh, Year Old Virgin. Okay. Uh, then the sequel, This Is Forty, and okay. you know a lot of those movies. So he's got. He was in. Um, he had bigger parts and role models. And I love you, man. And this is Forty. See, I'm uh, loving that Marvel would be willing to pluck somebody out that maybe hasn't had some big blockbuster showcase before. Yeah, and let him shine because he does do a good job. And there, you know, arguably there's several main characters in this film. It's not like he's carrying the whole thing by himself. Sure, you know, which is what I loved about it. Too. I did too. I really it did. Felt too. like an ensemble piece a bit. Yeah, uh, very much so. And let's let's talk about other highlights in the acting department. I'll start because I want to highlight uh, Michael Pena. Uh, Pena, I should say. He was phenomenal. Who is that? Oh, the Hispanic friend. Oh, he... smiley. <laughs> he was so great and I love the fact I've loved him for a while as an actor in fact uh, I fell in love with him um, with David Ayer's end, end of Watch he is incredible in that movie I'm not sure if you've seen it uh, gives the movie a lot of its gravitas and feel and yet still has a little bit of his sense of humor in there too but here he got a chance to play you know this 
this really interesting sidekick, and he just lived in that space so perfectly. You know, it's, yeah. it's awesome to see a movie where you can tell that the people that are putting this together, who are creating this world and bringing it to life, are really having a good time. And if they're not having a good time, they're professional enough to hide it. Because, <laughs> if, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you were to ask me, I would make an assumption that people were really enjoying themselves, you know, while making this film. I would like to highlight, obviously, sidekick Evangeline Lilly. Oh, my word. I love her already. She's got this special place inside of my mind. Because of Lost? Um, well, Lost is when I first kind of got to know her. And and then I, I've seen her in a couple of other things. But this is by far my favorite thing to see her. And she does such a great job. Um, they did a great job with the complexity of her story without giving it too much time and really like soaping it up, you know, mm-hmm. and Which the milking movie, it too much. The movie overall does a really good job with really that, good right? Job. The, yeah. it, it finds its depth, even amongst all this humor, it finds yeah. its depth without living there to the detriment yeah. of the movie. It doesn't really exploit too much of, of any sort of genre. It's not right. dramatic too much. It's not this too much. It's a really nice blend. But yeah. for her particular character, she's very complex, and I thought that she nailed it. I thought she did a great job. What about you, Josh? Uh, I thought she was great. Um, I, I, you know, I, I liked. Um, I, I rolled my eyes whenever. Well, it's a spoiler. <laughs> when the ensemble was coming into full effect, uh-huh. I rolled my eyes a little bit, but the payoff was was perfect. So I was I was happy overall. I, I do want to say I do want to give a shout out. I have a buddy that was in this movie, really, uh, in a smaller role. He he plays. Uh, I don't think it's a spoiler, um, but basically, you know, what Michael Pena said, characters like, "Hey, yeah, the the boss told me to come down here, or whatever," and he's like, "I am the boss." That's and, your friend. And they get in a little fight, and he shows up in a, in a later fight scene as well. Yeah, that's that's my buddy Jesse James Le Courier. He's oh, from here. Cool. They shot the movie in Atlanta, which is you know where most of the Nashville actors have to go to get work, <laughs> <laughs> because Georgia has a lovely incentive plan, and uh, Tennessee does not. Wow. For, for filmmaking, yeah. That's so cool. anyway. So I will give a special shout out to Jesse James. I thought he did a great job. Very nice. I thought so too. How do, how do we feel about uh, Hank Pym? Um, Michael Douglas, Michael Keaton. I always keep this. Doug- Michael Douglas. Michael so they Douglas. Play basically, the same part. I love Kirk him. Douglas. Which one is it? I, um, I love him so much. I, um, when I got home from watching Ant Man, I, I put on the game because I was just like, oh I like yeah, Michael Douglas now. So I put in the game, which is like him at the top of his game. Well, I say that like he's he's always great. He's just a real like you kind of take him for granted because he's just solid but he's kind of taking on a new like as he's older he's becoming the more the the patriarch type right. of john wayne type of character instead yeah. of the you know the young hero character um and i think he's like he feels like an actor that's kind of meant for everything he's ever done yeah i thought he was great i thought he was great too I thought that they all worked really well together. And again, we are going to go into specifics in our spoiler section. That's something we're not going to be doing live, so we don't ruin it for anybody. But if you want to subscribe to Shoe the Dough uh, in your Stitchers or iTunes, then you can hear the spoiler podcast whenever you want. Hey, what's the um, What's the bad guy? The bad guy's name who's from uh, was in the first season of um, House of Cards. Are we talking about creepy bald cards. guy? Creepy bald yeah. guy did a good job. Let's just <laughs> Corey Stahl. Yeah, Corey Stahl. 
That guy, I, I, in House of Cards, I thought he was awesome, and he's he keeps popping up and uh, you know these little things. And this could be a breakout for him. This was great. Maybe. He was in um um what's the, oh shoot the indie dramedy with Jason Bateman and Tina Fey that came out. Um, oh, you yeah yeah yeah. He played the older brother. I thought he was great. Like he's been solid in everything he's done, and this one I thought so too. Like there's a perfect level of melodrama. Yeah, you know who else and is crazy. Yes, that yes, he needed like to there was, apart. Yes. And the darkness was in there. I, that's what I was hoping. I mean, you could see the evil in him, you yeah. know, like, and he did a really good job at that. <laughs> he did a good yeah. job of being, like, is he evil? Is he dumb? Is he really smart? You know, he did a great job of not giving a lot away. And maybe part of that was in the writing, too. You are experiencing him with totally fresh eyes, not knowing kind of what's going to be happening. And that really builds that tension of trying to understand where is this guy going? How does he play into the whole plot? Sure. Even a little bit of a heartbreak. Like yeah. His character is kind of br- like just you see the brokenness of him, too, which was I thought was nice. Yeah. Yep. No, it's good. I love that. Uh, Aaron, you said darkness. And I do want to mention that there was a couple of parts in this movie that I was like, this is dark. Well, that's one of the thing I wanted to go for before we uh, to talk about together before we finish up is I felt like this was uh, possibly the edgiest Marvel movie that that they've put out like the the language was kind of there was a lot more cussing in this one yeah i felt like there was more oh yeah uh you know the um i don't know if it's a spoiler to say but some of the um disposing of people yeah experimenting experimenting the scientific experiments involve some pretty okay hold on a second this is not going to be a spoiler i promise but you know anytime that they want to introduce some sort of like gross gooey thing you know you, most of the time I don't get grossed out by that stuff because it just, you know, is either over the top or it's green and glowing and you can just sort of like, mm-hmm. they did a really good job of grossing me out. <laughs> like This is a little gross. It yeah. was, but, but, and literally a little gross. Like <laughs> they did a lot with a little bit. Uh-huh. And I'm just like, and you could hear the audience go, Ew. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and I think that, um, uh, Yellow Jack, uh, uh, Corey Stahl, I like he like he made it grosser by absolutely. The way, oh the way yeah, he handled it like yeah. not even oh. just like what the direction, I, but like his character. Oh. I was like, oh, that's so. Was, yeah. I wonder if part of that is is uh, the residuals of Edgar Wright as well, because I know he you know lives on kind of that edgier plane in a lot of ways. I would say yeah. though, going into this film, like if you are expecting it to be, you know, like Captain America PG, you're going to be a little bit surprised. It definitely goes into a little bit edgier in, in interesting ways. Um, I mean, it's not like, it's not crude. No, no, it's not like, I mean, there are certainly uh, so many PG 13 movies that push the Way line worse. further than this. Way this worse. one does. I just, it felt yeah. interesting to me yeah. compared to other Marvel movies that, you know, it's more kind mature. Of, I, I thought so. Yeah. Josh, what did you think? Did you feel that at all? Or, or even in hindsight? I will be honest. I did not even notice the language. Um, and only thing, because I, I watched it, I was like, I wonder if my seven-year-old would, could could appreciate this, which is the way I've gone with all these movies. And so far, I'm like, no, not quite yet. On yeah. Any of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I think Captain America probably comes the closest, the first Captain Although I think he would be bored by the first part of that movie. Um, so I didn't notice I, until the, until the gross stuff that you're talking about. I'm like, oh yeah, that's not good because I, I didn't register the language. But I'm also like, I cuss like a sailor. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's not true. 
uh, sure, whatever. All right, but well, now, we... but now that you say that, I'm like, oh yeah, no, that that's that's true. Like, yeah, they that's were all, they were a lot all... more free with these characters being, you know, that we live in a world where people express themselves using colorful language, and the characters in this movie are those people. They're not trying to be offensive. You know, their cursing is sort of reactionary and ex- like exciting. You know, so it seems like if if you believe that there is such a thing as appropriate cussing, this would be it. <gasps> like, it wasn't it wasn't something that was like a shock value thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel so, but I was aware of it differently than I have been in previous ones for sure. sure. Uh, so let's do. Uh, we like to finish our. It's about time to finish talking about Ant Man non spoiler wise. Again, if you want to hear the the spoiler section, make sure you subscribe to the podcast Sift Pop. You can search for Sift Pop in iTunes or whatever podcast player you use. But let's finish by uh, with our one more thing. Uh, each of us, uh, if there's one thing about the movie that you didn't get a chance to mention or you wanted to talk about, uh, give each of us one more thing to chat about. Danae, oh, what's your one more thing? I'm trying to think of what I, I don't want to spoil anything. Um, uh. And maybe, and I don't feel like we've talked about a lot of the negatives other than the, the tone shift at the yeah. at the beginning. So, you know, um, I think my one more thing will probably be a negative. Um, This movie has my favorite first kiss I've ever seen. Is that okay to say? Yeah. I just said it. Yeah. I think Too late. That's fine. Can't take it back. Yeah. Can't take it back. I agree, by the way. Yeah. I loved that. Okay. Loved that. Um Josh, what's your what's your one more thing? Can be simple, can be something to chat about. Um I don't know. Uh, I, I I I oh I I do one more thing. It is kind of a spoiler, but um they're, they're the the biggest cameo from the Marvel Universe. It's not a cameo, the, but because it actually plays mm-hmm. into it. I was not in love with the representation of that character, which is terrible to say right now without a spoiler. But <laughs> if I, you want to know like, who Josh is talking about, <laughs> tune in for the spoilers. <laughs> it's true. I didn't like the interaction because I thought he made somebody else look like an idiot, and that other character is not an idiot. So, all right. Well, uh, we will expound that on the spoilers. Yeah, hopefully, dig in later. I wish yeah. I had something better that I could share. Oh, that's okay. Mine that's will the... also be expounded in the spoilers. Okay. Uh, so I won't get specific here. But my one more thing is, I felt like this movie telegraphed some major plot stuff a little too much for me. Um, oh, I really? Fe- I felt like there was some stuff that it did not trust the audience enough to 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 see into. Okay. And yeah. I, and I and I have a major specific that I will get to in, in the spoilers, but I, I, there is that element of this movie where I'm like, can you just trust me as an audience member to get it without, you know, continually reminding me where you're going and and what it's going to be. So um so that was what, you know, another small negative I had with the film. Did either sure. of you sense that at all? Uh, yeah, a little bit. But I but I felt like it was it was following the model because it's follow it's following a model and i thought there were times you know like we talked about i tried to cloak it in that first act a bit mm-hmm. but it was still following a model so like i felt like i knew like, i always knew where it was going next yeah. um i mean i think that's kind of what you're saying you have a specific i did, can i say one more one more thing <laughs> sure it's also sounds like today wants one more one more thing too so well mine's not really a, mine's a spoiler we'll talk about it at the all right Danae, do you have one more thing that's not a spoiler uh yes if you watch this movie I'm curious what you think, so message us and let us know. The credits, like the graphics design of the credits and the simplicity of the square around their name was gorgeous. Yeah. A lot of times I really love, you know, how they will be really creative in that time where we're 
we're all lingering around to see if there's extras and there is an extra in this one you do yeah. want to stick around through yeah, double uh, there's two of them there's yeah there's two there's two of those double little, dose. Uh, little extras there so but so you're watching you know all these names go by but the way that they did with there was like a red background and they were sort of zooming in and they were looking at these atoms. Did you notice the text by the names too? And it kept zooming in. And so it was showing how small the magnification magnification by the names. Oh man, I love good graphics design and that was so clean. I don't know. That's one of the things. Anytime that they're zooming in, there's a couple cool zooming in parts of this movie where, you know, we're we're really going into our universe. There's one in the film that we don't want to talk about, uh, but this particular one at the end. If you like graphics design, I think you're just going to like salivate when you get to that part. You know what I love about that is that's a shout out to somebody who probably doesn't get a lot of attention. You know, right. somebody who's designing sure. those, those things. I love those parts. You, you, those are the things that remind me how many people it really takes. I can't even to, imagine. To do something like this. And honestly, I say somebody. I, some buddies who yeah. are responsible yeah, sure. for that. You know, there's probably a huge crew oh, that were just responsible for those <sighs> in, you know, credits. The whole time I'm just like, oh, I want to know who did this because <laughs> I want you to design my website. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, I... Probably do it. Probably get you a deal. Probably, <laughs> well, there you go. All right. Uh, let's go out of 10. Danae? Cool. What? What? Out of 10. Out of 10. Yeah, Ant-Man. How many out of 10? Oh, um... You sing Over the Rainbow? Whoa. Out of 10. Wow, 10 out of 10. I really liked it. Now, wow. again, I am sorry. I'm terrible with numbers and rankings and things. So I know. That's ask, always fun. Ask me tomorrow and it might be a two, but right now I'm loving it. It won't be a two. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> Josh, what do you think out of 10? Uh, for the summer, uh, so far, I would give it a eight and a half overall in my life. Probably a high six or a seven. Okay, interesting. A double comparison there. Uh, I'd, prob- I'd probably go with the um, eight and a half range. That's probably where I'd land. Well, so. with that said, congratulations, Ant-Man. You're going to the next <laughs> round. <laughs> um, what we can't tell you. Uh, uh, all right. Talk a little bit about uh, about Patreon and kind of what we do there, Danae, if you don't mind. Don't mind at all. So Patreon is a website, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Aaron and Danae. Here, I should give you some music. Oh, okay. Ooh, that's good. Do, 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 do. We got it, Josh. <laughs> we, got <laughs> we got it, Josh. You, Sorry, I thought that was my cue. That's a, it's okay. You let it was me know good. when I'm supposed to pop in and, do, and sing. Do, do the theme tune. Awesome. So, patreon.com is where our supporters go to make this show possible. You're basically supporting Studio DNA and the things that come out of the studio. Right now, our main project is what you're listening to now Shoe the Dough, live or later. You can listen live on Mixler or later on the podcast. And if you would consider giving even just a dollar a month, all of our patrons get extra. Every single time we do a show, we actually do extra audio that only our patrons get to hear. And checking out what we're checking out now, I think it's safe to say our uh, third segment will be our bonus for this. We're going to talk Comic-Con. So that'll probably be the bonus section for our patrons will be our discussion on news that came out of Comic-Con. So that's Patreon. You can go there and you can see our overall huge goals that we have for the studio, including going three days a week. In fact, That's next. 50 more dollars a month as of the recording of this show today, and we will be going live three days a week. And just another Woo-hoo. reminder, another reminder: when you uh, support, a percentage of your support is going to help rescue um, underage um, 
children in Cambodia. Children in Cambodia and the sex trafficking uh, business through our friend Brendan. Yeah, so. if you haven't had a chance yet, listen to our human trafficking um, episode that we did um, on Tuesday. And you'll hear more about our connection with this organization. Um, it was pretty powerful stuff. So Patreon.com slash Aaron and Danae. Or you can just go to AaronandDanae.com and click around there. And thank you so much for your support. We really could not do this without you. So let's move on to number two. Topic number two. Dos, dos. Into the world. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, Josh. Sorry, we're, not, we're not talking right. about feces. But thankfully, right. we've, we've gone and talked about feces again. <laughs> it's, it's a common recurring theme in our show. Josh, what well, is every your... Every time you say number two... <laughs> Josh, no. Josh, what is your feces thesis for today? Oh goodness! Um, hey, hey, everyone, everybody poops. That is that is. Everybody poops. I guess true. I guess that is probably true. Although so I hesitate to think about it. All right, so we're going to talk about uh, Mr. Robot, a TV show on USA Network, and brand new show. I think there are four episodes. Uh, I think Josh and I have seen the first three. Danae's seen about one and a half ish, some somewhere around there. Uh, this is about a, a hacker and kind of him uh, This is a computer the... hacker, not someone with a lung problem. Thank you. Thank you for the clarification. <laughs> no problem. Or like a hatchet murderer. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Yes. Clarification up front, super important. So I think that's as simple as it needs to be without getting into too many details. But I would love to know what you guys thought about Mr. Robot. Josh, let's start with you. Um, well, I'll tell you what, I saw the trailers, everything heading up to it. And I was like, eh, we'll see. And I just I let it slip past me because I did. I wasn't really interested. I think it was a combination of not being clear on what it was and it being on the USA network. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like shrugged it off until you're like, hey, let's talk about this. Watch these. And I gotta say, the first episode was so compelling. Like I loved it, um, I and I've enjoyed it since then. Although um, I feel like it kind of is the re- so far it's been kind of the reverse of most TV shows, and that the pilot is always terrible, and then it grows into itself. And I thought this show, the pilot out of the shoot, was just like it had me. And part of that because I, I didn't know what it was about. Um, it's yeah. still it was still good. The following episodes I still enjoyed. And I like watching things unravel, but that first one was like it was just a really powerful. Yeah, makes you th- it makes you th- it made me think about like you know well, all the stuff I want you to think about real things. Yeah, <laughs> that's it made all I'll you, say now. Go, we'll talk it more. Made, but go ahead. It made me feel real feelings and think real thoughts. Uh, Danae, what about you? Uh same same actually as you, Josh. I saw the previews going into it. Was like I eh, probably won't watch that. So then, of course, for this show, I did. The trailer was very interesting. It's like jam packed with curious things about a curious person. They've like really built this character to be somebody that has mystery. Trailer built in. or pilot? You said trailer. Oh, I don't know. Sorry, pilot. Pilot. Okay, Sorry. that's what I thought you meant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank yeah. you. No, no, no. I just wanted to clarify. So, um, yeah, he it drew me in because I'm like, what is going on? Like, you know, it's like, oh, hacker story, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. But the complexity of this person is what's making it interesting for me. I'm so glad you guys had the same experience I did. I really wanted to talk about this show with you. uh, And right down to the fact that I blew it off until somebody told me I had to see it. You know, it was, it's, it's one of those shows that for whatever reason just doesn't catch you in its marketing, but it is, I mean, within the first 50, the first scene of this pilot 
was as compelling as many movies I've seen this year. Like, you know, yeah. and it was just and it doesn't have anything to do with the rest of the show really at all. It just sets up the no. character and kind of what he does. And I was just I was like, wow, this is this is powerful. This is intense. And I thought the pilot was great. I've enjoyed um Maybe even more than the way you're talking, Josh. I think I've even enjoyed the later episodes maybe more than you. I think it's kind of continuing to draw me in. I think what's happening now is, for me, is I'm locking into the deeper story arcs as opposed to just the character, the characters surface. and periphery and the surface sure. stuff. And uh, and so that feels a little deeper and not as, like, adrenaline rush. You know, there's that adrenaline rush of realizing things and realizing who a character is. And sure. then there's the, you know, kind of the deeper move of going into the, you know, the stories. Well, I don't think my, um, I like the pilot. I mean, I still like it, like I said, but I don't, I don't think the reason that it might have varied for me is because it wasn't still quality. I think it's just, it's, it's, as it grows into itself, I'm realizing it's a lot darker show than even the pilot suggested. And I think that's the part that's like, it, and it's still really good and I'll keep watching it. But it's it's getting darker. Yeah, that's... so not getting worse. Yeah. you know what I mean. It's oh, just, sure, it's sure. Just, it's 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 growing, and which is the way to do it. Like I, I think if you would have launched into some of that stuff with the pilot, it might be too much, too much for some people. But they, they're just kind of growing into it. Speaking of too much for some people, when did USA change their standards and practices? <laughs> like on butts? <laughs> well, so, uh, on, and on language too. Well, you know? Oh, sure. Yeah, that's There's a lot of language and a lot of butts in this movie. There the is show. nudity, drug use. Um, like it's a very dark. I just, I, it really surprised because I didn't realize. Like I knew obviously, pay cable has you know done that kind of stuff for a long time and it's not as it's not as sure. extreme as HBO or Showtime will do but and I've heard that language on like Comedy Central and like AMC and stuff but we've, even we've AMC even thing. AMC uh usually bleeps the f bomb and they didn't even there were like two f bombs oh. in the pilot and I was like I didn't know they did that yeah it's a surprising so the whole premise of this show is you know this so far from what I can tell is, you know, the, this perspective of what, what's going on in this hacker's life. And I love that they have a broken character because, you know, we've all been watching shows where there's happy, bubbly characters and then they build in some complexity in a broken storyline later. But this one starts right out the gate with this really complicated, depressed, sad, drug addicted guy like uh -huh. who can't sleep. And I will tell you, if you don't like buggy eyes, do not watch this show <laughs> because the whole like first the whole pilot is just people with these huge, big. Eyes. Yes, like they're huge. I mean, they're like and you can see the white around his pupils and, yeah. and he won't blink. I and should it, I should know his name. I I can't remember it off the top of my head right now. He's great. I don't, I don't by the have, way, I was gonna say he's I, great. He is so good as this character, and I have seen him in other things before. He was in. Uh, I've only seen him in comedy. And then he pans over, and there's a girl, and she's got huge buggy eyes. <laughs> it's like, why does everybody have these huge, big buggy eyes? Yeah, there's a movie about know, it, it recently very, called Big Eyes. Um, it's very in, oh, very distracting thing. at first. <laughs> I think he's great, and I think uh, Rami Rami Malik Malik yeah. Rami Malik Rami Malik is I think is his Rami name. Malik. I saw him actually in the musical. What was the show about making the musical that was on for like a season and a half, and nobody watched it and went away? But I, I watched it and I loved him in that too. Um, but in, in the chat we have a a 
question sure. that Lay says, who is the target audience for Mr. Robot? Yeah, great question. What do you think? I'm thinking about my answer. I Adults. I, obviously, I, yeah. I, I, it, it feels like... Um, People oh, who yeah. I that's think a good question. culturally I, progressive adults, like people who are, you know, concerned about yeah. people who are concerned about media, about pop um, culture, yeah, it, it, technology, it like, capitalism. It watches like a David Fincher show, so it's kind of got a, it's, so it's got a House of Cards feel to it. Although it's the subject matters for younger people, so mature younger adults. Because here we are, you know, this, this guy, <laughs> he has like, he's got something stuck in his craw against, you know, just anything that is superficial. He's searching for deep, meaningful life questions. And he's really upset with, you know, this country that we live in, uh, the debt that we have to pay, that there's these corporate America that has been taken over. So if that kind of storyline is something that you either can get into, or if you like storyline, or if you like a, a totally different kind of a show. Maybe this would be something just to kind of check out and try. But it is, I mean, it is darker stuff. Also, if you like a, a full told story, I, I heard the, I don't know that this is like out there fact, but the rumor is that the creator of this show created a, you know, whatever it is, an eight episode story. And the reason it's on USA is because everywhere else he went, they said, we need you to make it so you can do a season two and, you know, not stick to this. And he just said, no. So it's only going to be one season? So, well, I don't know. But he just said, no, I want to tell the story I want to tell. And so it, yeah. I, it ended up on USA. So um, that cool. excites me. I like that yeah. when, a, you know, somebody has a vision like that. And I'm excited to see where it goes. You know, I do like, too, that right right now, at least as far as I can tell, you know, there's these stories where you've got a you've got a person that is makes a decision that changes the course of their life. And I've had those moments in my life where I feel like I've made a choice and then everything kind of shifts afterwards. This is kind of like that, which you're like, oh, now you're in it. You know, how are you going to get out of this? How are you going to work your way through this? You made a choice back here. Maybe like everything might be different had you done one thing differently or you know what I'm saying? So mm. I kind of like stories like that where you begin to see how when you make a choice, it has a consequence. And sometimes even though you just do one little thing, it has massive impact. So sure. I am kind of enjoying that, too. But again, I'm only like pilot and then three quarters of the way into the second episode. So I don't know if that continues with what you guys have been seeing. Oh, absolutely. And here's the thing I love this show. One of the things I love, I should say, it does right what so many other shows or even movies do wrong. Um, I think of, for instance, the way it uses voiceover is beautiful because there's a meta there's a meta aspect to it where it actually could be, you know, voiceover in his head. Uh, the way he used, I mean, it's just that's really brilliant, and it gives you the information you need and tells the story. Uh, it gets right about a hacker movie what every other hacker movie gets wrong. The computer terminals are correct. The you know, it's a lot of very specific websites and you know logo, yeah. and they have somebody on staff, maybe somebody's on staff. That are making sure they get that stuff right, and you can who tell. work for anonymous. Yeah, basically, <laughs> right. That's right. Maybe I, I'm curious what you guys think about this. Um, so I'm into the second episode, and I'm noticing things now that I'm kind of looking back on. Um, their musicality, like the music that they've chosen, I love their music. 
they're very clever uh, um, in progressing scenes in a totally different way than you usually see on a sitcom or something, or, or I guess this isn't really a sitcom, but like a, t- a TV show. They're using music that I really enjoy, um, and they're being clever. Like, you know, we're listening to like, I don't even think it was Frank Sinatra, but there was a scene where well, it's a crooner yeah there's yeah, well, like, like a tony bennett yeah you know, frank sinatra kind of thing yeah. and it's just really yeah, neat yeah. it kind of takes you out of the moment in an interesting way and which is good because when you're watching some stuff that's real serious you know you you can start to feel it in your own life like you start to feel heavy yourself so they're breaking that up and i noticed that they're using music really cleverly um and then into the second uh episode i'm starting to realize how they're using their camera angles differently um, where they're they're fine with having the main character on the far right of the screen, and even though seventy percent of what we're looking at is just the scene around them of the city, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. the the director yeah. is okay with making that call because it's a cre- it's like a cre- the director's being creative and the writing staff is being creative, and it's all just kind of very new well, and different. If it, it feel that's why I kind of compared it to Fincher a little bit. It feels really handcrafted and it makes sense if this is an eight episode story arc and that's it because it's not about like we got to get 24 episodes done this season so let's just get you know talking headshots or whatever like it's a handcrafted lovingly prepared you know tv show like you find on the the pay uh, channels or you find on netflix or you know the streaming network and usa is you know, jumping in on this, and if this is their like their new direction, if they're getting away from you know all of the formula episodics and moving this way, like good for them. Yeah, and they might be attracting other directors and other shows that are like, hey, you know, thank you for taking a chance on this. It's so different than what we're used to seeing. Pretty incredible. There's another question we have sure. in the chat. Um, is the voiceover better than Dexter voiceover? Oh yeah, oh for sure. Um, I haven't seen Dexter. Did so you I watch Dexter, Josh? I did not. Okay. okay. So this is on me. <laughs> this one's on me. <laughs> um, the Dexter voiceover is straightforward. Ex, you know, expository. Is that the right word? Sure. Um, I thought maybe that's a way to take medicine. No, that's probably something else. No, um, that's a suppository. Oh, suppository. Gross. Got it. Okay. Um, so yes, the huh. the voiceover on Dexter is very suppository. No, no. Uh, no. <laughs> does that mean they're talking out of their butt? Is that what that means? That's yeah. kind of what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. So anyhow, uh, no, it's just typical, and this is different because it is the voices in his head, and he is talking yeah. to us as if we are part of the show. He's talking. It's... Yeah, you're really wondering, like, is he a psycho? Mm-hmm. Like, does he have multiple? Personality. And it plays like, on that in different, and it plays on that in different areas of the show as well, yeah. which is great, and I love, and always adds that element of tension. Uh, is it a, is it a spoiler? I mean, it feels like you already said it, but since he's talking to us, like the how he talks to us, like the how he references us. As the, that was the very first line in the in the show. He says, "Hello, yeah, he says, friend." Like, yeah, hello, friend. You're the voice in, voices in my head, or whatever. He We're says, the imaginary friend. I think that's yeah. like so inventive. Yeah, yeah it's whether very, it's true or not. I mean, right, and that's what we're not to, finding uh, out. Like we're so there's some fun mystery in this. They really keep it. They really keep that going. Uh, I have one more thing I wanted to mention about this show that I love that it did that I don't see enough shows do. Very specific pop culture references, like that feel very real and make the world feel full, you know, to see, you know, Catching Fire, 
you know, the Hunger Games book in somebody's purse yeah. and to talk about it specifically or yeah, well, yeah. and showing clips from, you know, things that are happening right now yeah, on like television. Bill Cosby or, yes. you know, I mean, just yes. this show seemed to have such a great and some of that has to be post. Some of that has to be, you know, say, sure. OK, we'll hold until it's released and put because it's so current and it feels so real. Yeah, the things that this guy is angry about in society, mm-hmm. the superficiality of our society, they are referencing that as pop culture in the show. And even just there, there's I mean, it's throughout the show, but there's this one speech he gives, uh, I think, when he's at the therapist's office and he's in his own head and he's, you know, that was in the this, trailer. It, that was in the pilot? No, the trailers. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. And it just references all this, you know, pop yeah. culture stuff. And it's, I just, oh. Like a montage. Yeah. 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 I would say, so uh, should we go around and say whether you'd recommend it or not? I mean, I think we probably could. Yeah, assume. tell me, tell me if, I, I think I can tell we all liked it. Are you going to stick with it? Do you recommend it? Both of those things. Uh, Danae, what do you think? I think I probably will stick with it until it goes, maybe if it goes a little bit too far. I don't personally mind um, its tasteful nudity, I guess I would say, like so far, yeah, you know, so the, far. I got to say, and maybe it, this episode is- Episode three, it gets a little bit- It gets weird? <laughs> okay. Um, it's not, it's it's not debatable true. to some people how like, tasteful I'm not, it is. I'm not offended by- people's nudity i get offended by how it's presented so it'll be it'll be interesting because i don't I, i'm curious if it's going to be like i have to tell you i and maybe this is just because i'm the movie critic that goes to three movies every week and all there's always one of them with a bunch of nudity in it like it's just like i did not even think it was that bad in it Mr. was just Robot. shocking i didn't expect just, it okay i didn't expect to like in the pilot On a to, usa network tv show i didn't <laughs> expect it I, yeah then that maybe that's part of it too yeah. it's just like i wasn't expecting there to be you know like a full body shot you know sure from, it's nothing. From the side. Yeah. Yeah. So um if if they if they continue to do things in a artful way that I can appreciate, then I, I'm in. Even if it gets into some deeper stuff, um, even if there's some, you know, cussing and drug use, things like that, I don't mind watching that. Um, so I think I'll stick with it. Whether I would recommend it or not, I don't know how I would recommend it to uh, like a broad audience i think i probably would recommend it to people who i know are really passionate about topics like this or really like the kind of shows that throw a lot of information at you this is a very in, like intelligent show in that there's always conversation happening whether it's in his head or on the screen we're moving through things pretty quickly so i think it takes a specific kind of person to really dig into it personally josh uh, pretty much the same. I'll, I'll keep watching it, um, but I, I'm, I'll be selective about who I'd recommend it to. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think but I, 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 but I, I think it's good enough to recommend. I just want to, you know, be careful with some people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's as if it's as if we all live in a, a a Christian culture where some people, you know, they can't. I wouldn't recommend with- this to hardly any of my Christian friends unless unless I knew that they really enjoyed. Like, yeah. That they don't get offended by stuff like this. Sure. I think a lot of people would probably get. Well, pretty and you know your friend, and that's kind of what's the nice thing is you know your friends too, and that's what makes recommendations personal, right? You know, you know different people's lines and kind of where they draw those. You've had those conversations. Do you know? So- I just thought of this though. Sure. I feel like maybe one of the th- reasons that this show is, uh, you know, out there and picked up is because it is posing a lot of really interesting questions about what are we okay with in our society? Like, what do we choose to turn a blind eye to that is like a cancer on our society? So, you know, maybe that's a fun thing to have a conversation with some people about, but this is like a shock value way of going about it. So if I wanted to shock somebody, I'd be like, hey, watch this show. 
But if I wanted to have like a conversation where we're warming into these topics, this is not where I would start. I should also say, if you need a show that has uh, very clearly drawn good guys and bad guys, um, this isn't that show either. Yeah. I, I still don't know who the good guys and the bad guys are. And no. all I know is we're supposed to follow this hacker's journey in figuring that out. Um, and that's, you know, that's interesting to me. So yeah. yeah, I love that. I love that part of it. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, we've barely got, uh, just a little time here to quickly do our buried treasure. Uh, every week we like to pick one thing we want to know, let you know about that you may not have heard about in the area of pop culture. Uh, so Josh, let's start with you. What's your buried treasure? All right. Well, it's not a specific website or anything. It's a subculture. And for the people in this subculture, like it's not buried treasure. This is just like how they live. But um, for a couple of years, I've been very interested in um, custom modding Nerf guns and, and toy guns and <laughs> nice. squirt guns. It is, I mean, it started out just like looking at a lot of images online. I, you know, I, I, I started searching steampunk, you know. It actually started because from working on our projects, you know, like a cheap way to make a a space gun for a you know a sci-fi sketch is to take a gun and repaint it and yeah. what's going on like it is it is so extreme this culture like what they create and um there's different like aspects of it of you know the actual the 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 pure nerf mod people who take the nerf guns and want to make sure they take them apart and they they release mechanisms so that it shoots further and more powerful and maybe hurts people and then they repaint them and add scopes and weird things on them to people who are just doing it like as art or to make them look pretty and anyway it's super fascinating and and the side off of that is um customizing action figures in, in much the same way where you go oh man i wish i wish there was a mr robot action figure so they take uh, their action figure they've got they piece puzzle piece different aspects together and whoa. they create a whole new thing and they sell them or brag about them or take them to you know pinterest fairs or whatever but um anyway that's that's it i've uh, it's a fascinating culture i've done a couple of not full blown mods i've just done some paint jobs for you know projects and stuff and um, it's it's become fascinating enough that I have a whole collection of squirt guns that I want to do something with that I haven't done anything with yet. So so we we have a chance to uh, see Josh on Skype. You don't necessarily have this. Are those them behind you? Yeah, I'll pull I'll pull one out here for you. Oh so. my goodness! Can you take a screenshot real quick? Uh, how would I how would I do that? Uh, take a picture. It's a button. I'm going to turn it around so you don't Here. see that. Wow. It's, not, it's just a paint job. So, so I haven't done. What we're looking at is a, a a really interesting, like, fun, modified, like, gun. It looks like something steampunk. Like, you've painted it sort of like a patinaed brass and Ooh, silver. Uh, yeah, it's got, it's, uh, it's a. That's awesome. A lot of, <laughs> lot of um, uh, the modders will use uh, a paint called Rub and Buff. Rub which is buff. just a real simple like it's uh, uh you 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 put it on a washcloth or whatever and you just rub it on and you paint it on that way and it gives it a, and then you buff it out as you do it so is, cool texture. is it an expensive hobby we had somebody in the chat want to know if it's an expensive hobby monster um, no the guns like most of the people who get the guns will get them from uh thrift stores 99 cents a piece and these are just like whatever. toy guns 
toy guns. Here's a, here's one I just have handy. I should. So this is one you know that I would. I haven't done anything with it, obviously yet. So what you're Which holding is, is like a cobalt bright blue fun kid toy. Looks totally like something that you get in the kid section. Super bright colors. Yes, okay. and you can find like ninety nine cents at thrift stores or even like little squirt guns at Walmart or whatever. And then here's you a, paint here's over a, them. a little cheap one that I actually did do a little paint job on. Oh, that's cool. Little it, dark kind of thing. But um so yeah, you do that. So the rub and buff is, you know, they come in little bottles, they're not too expensive. <laughs> and and that's really all you need. And, you know, some a uh, can of spray pine primer, that's all you need to really start. You know, so, maybe some maybe some screwdrivers if you want to pull your guns apart and really get uh, intricate with your paint job. You should definitely send us some links in the email, like email links so, so we can include it in the show notes. So for anybody who wants to see kind of like this subculture of nerf gun painting we can show that what about you danae what's your buried treasure uh mine's gonna be about an app cool uh i as you guys know i love this app called band and in band there's all these like little groups you can join to people who like various topics and things like that and one of the main groups i'm in is a clash of clans group of course Uh uh-huh and inside there people will post like these videos of them playing Clash of Clans, uh, like how to do specific attack strategies and things like this. And I'm like, how are they recording these? <laughs> so, what was so I found out just through you know this organization through the people on band. There's an app called Mo Bison or Mo Bison. I'm not sure how to say it. M O B I Z E N, and it is a free app that records the screen of your smartphone. So, and you don't have to, uh, you don't have to jailbreak your phone or you don't have to root your phone if it's an I, if it's a Android, um, it is totally free. You have to kind of link it up. It's not too complicated. It does have a watermark that doesn't go away. So if you're wanting to have a clean kind of surface, I, I think Aaron and I were trying to figure out if we could buy like a pro version that didn't have it, but they don't, they don't have a pro version. They don't have a pro version. There are other software you could pay for, but most of them you have to actually be USB tethered to a computer. Yeah. This one you don't, you can just like click on it and you can record your screen. So whether you're wanting to show somebody how to use a program or you're wanting to do something like with Clash of Clans or whatever, I just thought I'd pass it along because it's a pretty smooth app and it works pretty really well from what i can tell also just another great reminder i'll just put it out there snapchat doesn't go away after seven seconds <laughs> i'm just saying <laughs> i'm just saying you know it's just another That's reminder true. to be careful you know about what you're doing on your phones and yeah and all that kind of stuff so i'll link that in the show notes for anybody who for some reason would be interested in having the ability to record your your phone screen very cool uh, my buried treasure is that you can – maybe people have known this forever, and maybe somebody should have told me. Uh, I I don't uh, – I'm not like an avid reader, like always reading, but part of that has to do with I'm just never at the library to check out you know, a new book, and I just don't want to pay for new books, those kind of things. I didn't realize most libraries, you can check stuff out onto your mobile devices. Like you don't have to step foot outside the house for free. You can download an Amazon you know, Kindle version – of almost any book that's out there if you connect it to your library account. And then you, and then you have it for a couple weeks. Yeah, so and then it goes back. It goes away. Cuz on Kindle, nice. you can loan out titles to people. And so you can loan digitally a title so it'll leave my Kindle and go to somebody else's mm-hmm. for like 2 weeks and then whenever that 2 weeks line expires, it returns back to my device. So I I bet that's how the that's really cool. I, 
I also know that um, with my library, it lets you do that with movies. Yes. Um, yep. Movies, so audiobooks, can... all of the above are available. Yeah. And it's it's really interesting because, for instance, I've got uh, – I wanted to reread uh, Jurassic Park and Lost World. And yeah. so I've got both of those. And Jurassic Park has a hold on it. And it's interesting because they're only allowed to loan out so many – so it's almost like you're actually che checking out a physical copy, even though obviously they could have as many people reading it as they wanted to, but that's kind of, you know, they keep it uh, in that way. So it, it's just interesting to me. And I think different libraries do use different programs. The one our library uses know. is called Overdrive. Uh, ours, so is called, ours is called Freegal. Yeah, so different libraries use different ones. but I will something. say, though, it does concern me a little bit because that's just one more reason that you don't need to leave your house. <laughs> this is the long-term goal. <laughs> I have like, my work studio here, you, and now my library is here. You don't have to leave except what? to see movies. Oh, you're talking about Aaron specifically. Yeah, yes. Aaron specifically. Gotcha. <laughs> like, he does not need to get out for hardly anything. Please enable my hermit tendencies. Well, thank you guys so much for uh, listening to this episode of Sift Pop. This is a Shoe the Dough podcast. If you... That was loud. I can't... Hello? Hello? Just at the beginning. If you would like to subscribe just to the pop culture segment Sift Pop, you can actually search for Sift Pop in iTunes or Stitcher, and we have a specific podcast feed just for that. Also, keep in mind that if you want to listen to the Ant-Man spoiler review... That will be up as well. Uh, we usually release those the day after we go live. We are live on Fridays at noon central with the Critic, the Geek, and the Girl. And then also consider checking out Just Shoe the Dough proper on Tuesdays at noon when we go live for that show. Uh, lots of fun. And if you want to check us uh, out, AaronAndTanae.com. You can check out my movie reviews at YourMovieFriend.com. Josh, what do you what do you have that you'd like to promote? Um... Well, of course, another reason is, is still going strong, um, although it is currently also um, we're working on something top secret. So the, the YouTube page looks a little bare, but we're still here. We're still doing stuff. Um, I love. So yeah, there you go. It's like top and, secret. And one day you're going to be like secret revealed. Yes. <laughs> I'm so excited. So stay tuned. Um, so, yeah, there's that. And then, of course, um, the Jeff Durham show, which is another show where, you know, that uh, I'm a part of that we're trying to. Get going. We've got season one online right now that you can watch at the JeffDurhamShow.com or go to Twitter for either one of those. Yeah, so, follow us go. on Twitter at Aaron and Danae. Uh, we tweet a lot back and forth. So if you want to get quick connections to the geeks and kind of those projects, you can kind of find them through that too. So we'll be back next week. I think Captain Logan's going to be joining us back for some talk on pixels as well as some other stuff on Sift Pop. And of course, we'll be back on Tuesday to talk shoe the dough. But thanks for joining us, whether it be live or later. We always look forward to it and glad to have you along. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.